0: chapter fifteen of the man in the iron mask by alexander dumas translated by william robson this librivox recording is in the public domain porthos's plan of action the great number of individuals we have introduced into this long story is the reason why each of them has been forced to appear only in turn according to the exigencies of the recital the result is that our readers have had no opportunity of meeting our friend porthos since his return from fontainebleau the honors which he had received from the king had not changed the easy affectionate character of that excellent-hearted man he may perhaps have held up his head a little higher than usual and a majesty of demeanor as it were may have betrayed itself since the honor of dining at the king's table had been accorded him his majesty's banqueting room had produced a certain effect on porthos le seigneur de Bracieux, et de delighted to remember that during that memorable dinner the numerous array of servants and the large number of officials in attendance on the guests gave a certain tone and effect to the repast and seemed as it were to furnish the room porthos undertook to confer upon mouston a position of some kind or other in order to establish a sort of hierarchy among his other domestics and to create a military household which was not unusual among the great captains of the age, since in the preceding century this luxury had been greatly encouraged by Messieurs de Treville, the Chamberg, de la Vuville, without alluding to Monsieur de Richelieu, Monsieur de Conde, and de Bouillon-Torraine. And therefore, why should not he, Porthos, the friend of the king, and of Monsieur Fouquet, a baron, an engineer etc why should not he indeed enjoy all the delightful privileges which large possessions and unusual merit invariably confer somewhat neglected by aramis who we know was greatly occupied with monsieur fouquet neglected also on account of his being on duty by d'artagnan tired of truchin and planchet porthos was surprised to find himself dreaming without precisely knowing why but If anyone had said to him, Do you want anything, Porthos? He would most certainly have replied, Yes. After one of those dinners during which Porthos attempted to recall to his recollection all the details of the royal banquet, gently joyful, thanks to the excellence of the wines, gently melancholy, thanks to his ambitious ideas, Porthos was gradually falling off into a placid doze when his servant entered to announce that, Monsieur de Bragelonne wished to speak to him. Porthos passed into an adjoining room where he found his young friend in the disposition of mind we are already aware of. Raoul advanced toward Porthos and shook him by the hand. Porthos, surprised at his seriousness of aspect, offered him a seat. "'Dear Monsieur Duvalon," Vallon,' said Raoul, "'I have a service to ask of you.'
1: "'Nothing could happen more fortunately, my young friend.' replied porthos i have eight thousand livres sent me this morning from Pierre Fond, and if you want any money no i
0: thank you it is not money
1: so much the worse then i have always heard it said that that is the rarest service but the easiest to render the remark struck me i like to cite remarks that strike me
0: Your heart is as good as your mind is sound and true.
1: You are much too kind, I declare. You will dine here, of course.
0: No, I am not hungry.
1: Eh, not dine! What a dreadful country England is! Not too much so, indeed. But— Well, if such excellent fish and meat were not to be procured there— it would hardly be endurable yes i came too. i am listening only just allow me to take a little sip one gets thirsty in paris and he ordered a bottle of champagne
0: to be brought and having first filled raoul's glass he filled his own drank it down at a gulp and then resumed
1: i needed that in order to listen to you with proper attention i am now entirely at your service What do you wish to ask me, dear Raoul? What do you want?
0: Give me your opinion on quarrels in general, my dear friend.
1: My opinion? Well, but explain your idea a little more coherently, replied Porthos, rubbing his forehead. I
0: mean, you are generally good-humored, good-tempered. Whenever any misunderstanding arises between a friend of yours and a stranger, for instance,
1: oh in the best of tempers very good but
0: what do you do in such a
1: case whenever a friend of mine gets into a quarrel i always act on one principle what is that that lost time is irreparable And one never arranges an affair so well as when everything has been done to embroil the disputants as much as possible.
0: Ah, indeed. Is that the principle on which you proceed?
1: Precisely. So, as soon as a quarrel takes place, I bring the two parties together. Exactly. You understand that by this means... It is impossible for an affair not to be arranged.
0: I should have thought that. Treated in this manner an affair would. On the contrary.
1: Oh, not the least in the world. Just fancy now. I have had in my life something like a hundred and eighty to a hundred and ninety regular duels, without reckoning hasty encounters or, or chance meetings.
0: It is a very handsome aggregate
1: said Raoul, unable to resist a smile. A mere nothing, but I am so gentle. D'Artagnan reckons his duels by hundreds. It is very true he is a little too hard and sharp. I have often told him so. And so, resumed
0: Raoul, you generally arrange the affairs of honor your friends confide to you
1: there is not a single instance in which i have not finished by arranging every one of them said porthos with a
0: gentleness and confidence that surprised raoul but the way in which you settle them is at least honorable i suppose
1: oh rely upon that and at this stage i will explain my other principle to you as soon as my friend has entrusted his quarrel to me This is what I do. I go to his adversary at once, armed with a politeness and self-possession absolutely requisite under such circumstances.
0: That is the way, then,
1: said Raoul bitterly,
0: that you arrange affairs so safely.
1: I believe you. I go to the adversary, then, and say to him— It is impossible, monsieur, that you are ignorant of the extent to which you have insulted my friend. Raoul frowned at this remark. It sometimes happens, very often indeed, pursued Porthos, that my friend has not been insulted at all. He has even been the first to give offense. You can imagine, therefore, whether my language is or is not well chosen.
0: And Porthos burst into a peal of laughter decidedly said raoul to himself while the merry thunder of porthos's laughter was resounding in his ears i am very unfortunate de guiche treats me with coolness d'artagnan with ridicule porthos is too tame no one will settle this affair in the only way i wish it to be settled and i came to porthos because i wanted to find a sword instead of cold reasoning at my service my ill-luck
1: dogs me porthos who had recovered himself continued my one simple expression i leave my adversary without an excuse
0: that is as it may happen
1: said raoul absently not at all it is quite certain i have not left him with an excuse and then it is that i display all my courtesy in order to attain the happy issue of my project. I advance, therefore, with an air of great politeness, and taking my adversary by the hand, I say to him, now that you are convinced of having given the offense, we are sure of reparation between my friend and yourself. The future can only offer an exchange of mutual courtesies of conduct, and consequently my mission now is to acquaint you with the length of my friend's sword.' "'What?' said Raoul. "'Wait a minute. The length of my friend's sword. My horse is waiting below. My friend is in such and such a spot, and is impatiently awaiting your agreeable society. I will take you with me. We can call upon your second as we go along. And the affair is arranged.'
0: "'And so?'
1: said Raoul, pale with vexation.
0: You reconcile the two adversaries on the ground?
1: I beg your pardon? interrupted Porthos. Reconcile? What for? You said that the affair was arranged? Of course, since my friend is waiting for him.
0: Well, what then, if he is waiting?
1: Uh, Well... uh... If he is waiting, it is merely to stretch his legs a little. The adversary, on the contrary, is stiff from riding. They place themselves in proper order, and my friend kills the opponent, and the affair is ended. Ah, he kills him then, cried Raoul. I should think so, said Porthos. Is it likely I should ever have as a friend a man who allows himself to get killed? i have a hundred and one friends at the head of the list and your father aramis and d'artagnan all of whom are living and well i believe oh my dear baron
0: exclaimed raoul as he embraced porthos you
1: approve of my method then said the giant
0: i approve of it so thoroughly that i shall have recourse to use it this very day without a moment's delay at once in fact you are the very man i have been looking for
1: good here i am then you want to fight i suppose absolutely it is very natural with whom with monsieur de saint aignan i know him a most agreeable man who was exceedingly polite to me the day i had the honor of dining with the king I shall certainly acknowledge his politeness in return, even if it had not happened to be my usual custom. So, he has given you an offense? A mortal offense? The deuce. I can say so, I suppose. More than that, even if you like. That is a very great convenience. I
0: may look upon it as one of your arranged affairs. May I not? said
1: Raoul, smiling. "'As a matter of course. Where will you be waiting for him?'
0: "'Ah, I forgot. It is a very delicate matter. Monsieur de Saint-Aignan is a very great friend of the King's.'
1: "'So I have heard it said.' "'So that if I kill him?' "'Oh, you will kill him, certainly. You must take every precaution to do so. But—' there is no difficulty in these matters now if you had lived in our early days ah those were days worth living for
0: my dear friend you do not quite understand me i mean that monsieur de saint-aignan being a friend of the king the affair will be more difficult to manage since the king might learn beforehand
1: oh no that is not likely you know my method monsieur you have just injured my friend and-yes i know it and then monsieur i have horses below i carry him off before he can have spoken to any one
0: will he allow himself to be carried off like that
1: i should think so i should like to see it fail it would be the first time if it did it is true though that the young men of the present day bah. I would carry him off bodily, if that were all, added Porthos, adding gesture to speech, lifted Raoul and the chair he
0: was sitting on off the ground, and carried them round the room. <laughs> Very good, said Raoul, laughing. All we have to do is to state the grounds of the quarrel with Monsieur de saint aignan
1: Well, but that is done, it seems.
0: No, my dear Monsieur de Vallon. The usage of the present day requires that the cause of the quarrel should be explained.
1: Very good. Tell me what it is, then. The fact is... Deuce take it, how troublesome all this is. In former days we had no occasion to say anything about the matter. People fought for the sake of fighting, and I, for one, know no better reason than that.
0: You are quite right, Monsieur de Vallon.
1: However, tell me what the cause is.
0: It is too long a story to tell, only as one must particularize to a certain extent, and as, on the other hand, the affair is full of difficulties and requires the most absolute secrecy. You will have the kindness merely to tell Monsieur de Saint-Aignan that he has, in the first place, insulted me by changing his lodgings
1: by changing his lodgings good
0: said porthos who began to count on his fingers next then in getting a trap-door made in his new apartments
1: i understand said porthos a trap-door upon my word that is very serious you ought to be furious at that what the deuce does the fellow mean by getting trap-doors made without first consulting you trap-doors mordieu i haven't got any except in my dungeons at Bracieux,
0: and you will please add said raoul that my last motive for considering myself insulted is the existence of the portrait that monsieur de saint Aignan well
1: knows is it possible a portrait too A change of residence, a trap-door, and a portrait. Why, my dear friend, with but one of these causes of complaint there is enough, more than enough, for all the gentlemen in France and Spain to cut each other's throats, and that is saying but very little.
0: Well, my dear friend, you are furnished with all you need, I suppose.
1: I shall take a second horse with me. Select your own rendezvous, and while you are waiting there, you can practice some of the best passes, so as to get your limbs as elastic as possible. Thank you. I
0: shall be waiting for you
1: in the woods of Vincennes, close to Minime. All goes well, then. Where am I to find this Monsieur de Saint-Agnan?
0: At the Palais Royal. Porthos rang a huge bell. My court suit! he said to the servant who answered the summons, My horse, and a lead horse to accompany me. Then turning to Raoul, as soon as the servant had quitted the room, he said,
1: Does your father know anything about this?
0: No, I am going to write him.
1: And D'Artagnan?
0: No, nor D'Artagnan either. He is very cautious, you know, and might have diverted me from my purpose
1: d'artagnan is a sound adviser though said porthos astonished that in his own loyal faith in d'artagnan any
0: one could have thought of himself so long as there was a d'artagnan in the world dear monsieur de vallon said raoul do not question me any more i implore you i have told you all that i had to say it is prompt action i now expect sharp and decided as you know how to arrange it that indeed is my reason for having chosen you
1: you will be satisfied with me
0: replied porthos do not forget either that except ourselves no one must know anything of this meeting
1: people generally find these things out said porthos dryly when a dead body is discovered in a wood but i promise everything my dear friend except the concealment of the dead body there it is and it must be seen as a matter of course it is a principle of mine not to bury bodies that has a smack of the assassin about it every risk has its peculiarities to
0: work then my dear friend
1: rely upon me said the giant finishing the bottle while a
0: servant spread out upon a sofa the gorgeously decorated dress trimmed with lace. Raoul left the room, saying to himself with a secret delight, Perfidious king, traitorous monarch, I cannot reach thee. I do not wish it, for kings are sacred objects, but your friend, your accomplice, your panderer, the coward who represents you shall pay for your crime. I will kill him in thy name, and afterwards... We will bethink ourselves of-Louise. End of chapter fifteen. Recording by john Van Stan. Savannah, Georgia.